Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, along with Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter. You got a new Twitter handle, didn't you? It's not- I did. I actually, I, I didn't get the blue check mark, but I feel like I became official. Okay. Wood on ESPN 1000. So Wood on ESPN 1000. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been on the station in South Florida in two and a half years, so probably don't need to promote 1063. It wasn't like that I was the 1063rd person to be Wood on. Yeah. Um, I hope people got that, that it was a play off of the station's frequency. So go ESPN 1000. I mean, I thought it might have been like a birthday or like something that that meant that meant something to you, but uh, Wood on ESPN 1000. That means something to me. There you go. So we got the new Twitter handle for you. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A Abdallah. You can get all those picks from Jordan at FatJackSports.com. Also find other podcasts and other, you know, see how the night's going for him at Wood on ESPN 1000. It's going to take me a minute to get used to that because I've, I've just been so accustomed to saying Wood on 1063. just rolls off the tongue that, like, right when I hit the open, I was like, oh, no, he's got a new Twitter handle. I didn't write it down. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? It's, luckily for you, it's easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to remember. It's uh, Wood on ESPN 1000. It's where I'm at right now and where we work. So that's uh, that kind of works. Kind of works out. So we've got UFC 279. They're back stateside. We get a pay-per-view event. We get a, uh, I mean, the main event on paper, it's exciting, right? Because you've got Nate Diaz. You've got Hazma Chimaev. You've got a guy who's undefeated. You've got a guy who likes to cause, I don't want to say problems, but issues for the UFC and, and try to be the upset guy. But sometimes it comes to fruition and sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. Uh, but we've got a good, decent co-main event, and we've got some other good fights here on this main card. What are your overall thoughts as we head into UC, uh, UFC 279 here? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things. Actually, top to bottom, I think it's a pretty good card. There's a lot of intriguing matchups, both from the standpoint of styles and, and rankings and kind of where they are. Plus, there's there's a lot of underdogs that I like in that initial matchups as we're recording this podcast on Wednesday. Like, I, I, I like them. I like them a lot. Um, but this is a fight night card. This is this should not be, you know, seventy dollars. Don't tell me that Nate Diaz carries that worth. He does, but he needs some support. And you know, the the fact that it's not a title fight, that uh, you know, outside of of the main event, it's got good matchups, but nothing in my mind that's pay per view worthy or co main event and 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 you know, main card of the pay per view. So, great fight night card if it were a fight night card, but it's not. It's on pay per view and with. You know, UFC 280 and UFC 281, which are top to bottom stacked, like well worth the the price of investment. Uh, you know, for an ESPN pay per view, this one doesn't hold that uh, that that water compared to it. Yeah, and I feel like like you're right. Like this is not a good pay per view compared to what UFC 280 is going to bring us, and that's going to be great here coming up in October. Um, but you know, this will suffice, I guess. This is, I mean, I thought I thought the last fight night was pretty good out of Paris. You know, the, the crowd was really into it. We had good results. Uh, so I think that, you know, this is, this is okay. This is the appetizer to the, uh, to the, even though the fight nights are supposed to be the appetizers, this is the appetizer to the next pay-per-view. Because I feel like this pay-per-view is just to promote the next pay-per-view. Like, you're going to see all the ads for UFC 280. Like, it's going to be like, coming up in a month, it's going to be better than tonight. <laughs> we <laughs> We promise. No, it, it, it's exactly true. And it, and it also kind of, you know, a couple of these fights set up, you know, what, what you're going to do probably the first portion of, yeah. 
2023, but particularly, you know, in the main event with the winner of Shemayev Diaz. If Diaz wins somehow, some way, are you renegotiating a contract with him? Are you bringing him back to the UFC? Or is he going to go and, and box Jake Paul and, and, and or, you know, get, get some sort of fight that obviously carries a lot of weight because he just beat Shemayev? Or the Shemayev steamroll Nate Diaz, and then he will he he's going to put himself to the front of the line with with Leon Edwards, or maybe jump up to 185 and, and challenge Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some already. There's viral video of him and uh, Polo Costa having some interactions backstage uh, a couple of days before the fight. So maybe he gets that fight. So yeah, I mean, there's certainly going to some results and news going to play out after we find out what happened Saturday night. Well, let's start with that main card and how it starts itself with Johnny Walker against Ian Kudalaba. It should be a great fight. Though. You've got some light heavyweights coming in here. These guys like to go fast. They like to go hard. So this should be a great fight to kick this one off with these two light heavyweights, especially a guy named Johnny Walker. You're giving me Johnny Walker as an underdog, plus 152 to start the night and minus 196 for Kudalaba. I, I mean, I hope... I hope that one of your underdogs was the guy named Johnny Walker. It, it, it's it's not. Unfortunately, it's oh, not okay. for you. I mean, look, this is a guy that you know came in to the UFC with a seventeen and three record. He, he won, I think, his first three or four fights in the UFC, all by some some crazy knockouts. But he's he's one and four in his last five fights. He should be zero and five. That one win that he did have, uh, he actually arguably was knocked out against Ryan Spann, came back and got a first round. Knockout. Johnny Walker, even though two fights ago, did go five rounds with Tiago Santos. Uh, I don't think his chin can be trusted anymore. And we saw that it's a viral knockout at the hands of Jamel Hill his last time out. And I think against a guy in Ian Kutelaba that comes out guns a brazen, uh, guns blazing. I mean, this is a dude that, that uh, dons, he puts himself in, in green skin because he's the Hulk. And at weigh ins, he will. You know, paint himself head to toe uh, in green it's because weird. he likes that moniker, and that's what he is. It's that's weird. what he is. He, that's he, weird. He gets angry, and then he comes out at you. And I and I think that that's going to be the skill set from the striking and the wrestling and the takedowns is going to be a lot for Johnny Walker to handle in that first round. So I do not like Johnny Walker. That's not one of the underdogs. I think Kudai Lava is a guy that you put into a parlay. And I take a good hard look, actually, Adam, at the um, under one and a half, which is a dollar twenty at FanDuel right now, Wednesday afternoon, uh, as a play because both guys are finishers within that first round. I mean, Johnny Walker can get it done, but I'd side on Ian Kutelaba getting Walker to the ground and finishing him via ground and pound within that first. Uh, seven and a half to eight minutes of the fight. All right. If you're looking at, uh, besides the under one and a half at minus 120, if you're looking at uh, Kudalaba to win by knockout or TKO, you're getting that at minus 110. You're getting by decision at five to one and then submission at nine to one. I just can't put my money on a dude that's in Marvel Avengers cosplay. Like, I can't do that. As a, as a person, as a better, I can't do that. I just can't. Well, you don't have to. Then, then skip it. I mean, No, look, I'll I take the under. I'll take the under. But you can't go with a guy. You, you can't. You you even I like to drink Johnny Walker. Okay, oh, yeah. well there there there's a reason to play to play Johnny Walker. No, it's just he's so untrustworthy now. You can't he he's switched camps. He's you know he's he's now come out with a story that he's reinvented himself with his personal life that he's not drinking and he and he's concentrated on training. It's the chin. The chin doesn't hold up, and he gets knocked out. He gets flatlined, and I just don't like that recipe against a guy that's going to look for a quick KO mm-hmm. in Kudelaba. 
Our next fight on the card is Irene Aldana against Macy Chasson. Uh, Aldana comes in for the first time since UFC 264, and then she is a minus 186 underdog. She didn't miss weight that fight, too. So she's min- minus 186 in this one, and Macy is plus 144 uh, as an underdog. How do you see this one in our second fight of the main card? Yeah, this, this is one of the underdogs that I'm looking at, uh, and I think Macy Chasson can can dirty up this fight. She's going to have to get on the inside because Irene Aldana is going to have the advantage uh, with her boxing skill set. So obviously to get into the phone booth, get into the clinch, push Aldana uh, against the cage, uh, it's going to be a challenge for Macy Chasson to do that. But once she does, I do believe that she has the advantage in the clinch. I think she can work in some sneaky elbows and some dirty boxing and quite frankly, you know, potentially get this fight to the ground. Uh, I was high on Irene Aldana earlier on in her career. She had a very impressive knockout of Ketlin Vieira a couple of fights ago. We were on that as her as the underdog. But this time around, I think Chasson, just just her experience level and the fact of where she's going to have the advantage, and really the only advantage I see uh, for Aldana is in the boxing department. Everywhere else, I like Chasson, and as an underdog, uh, I'm going to play her, and I, I like her at that plus 145, plus 140 value we're getting for her right now. Yeah, that's good. I mean, um, we don't even need to go for method of victory, but I will mention it for people uh, who are saying that. Macy to win by knockout is 6-1, uh, to one. to win by submission 16-1, to one. and to win by decision is plus 275, so just under 3-1. to one. But I'll take the plus 144 and not have to worry about method of victory and just say hope that her hand is raised at the end of this fight at plus 145. That's a good deal for me. Yeah, I don't know if I like the submission play. I mean, she does have two submissions in her uh, her, her record, but they came you know a little bit earlier on in her career, uh, and she's been a point fighter. You know, three of her last uh, four victories all have gone to the judges' scorecards. The last one actually was a split decision win over Norma Dumont, who's earlier on on this card. But you know, nonetheless, I, I don't think there's a lot of value in the prop, especially with her again being plus money. So mm-hmm. just take her as an outright winner. Our next fight is interesting. It's a catchweight fight at uh, 180 pounds, but it could be the uh, if you really want to get into the the nuts and bolts of it. We've got three consecutive welterweight fights in a row here uh, to close out this pay-per-view, right? You've got two guys in the top 15 in Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez in that weight class. as It's getting super cluttered there in the top 10, and one of these guys who wins could find themselves in that mix right there. Kevin Holland, minus 196 on the money line. Daniel Rodriguez, a plus 158 underdog Rodriguez is a six and one record uh, entering Saturday's fight with Holland but he is a six a, a plus 158 underdog how do you see these uh, first of three welterweight fights I guess yeah I mean this this is another fight that I'm taking a very hard look at the underdog uh, in Daniel Rodriguez. Uh, I think he's been very impressive since he's gotten to the UFC. He's been in some interesting circumstances where he's taken on some fights on short notice. He actually made his UFC debut on short notice. He submitted uh, Tim Means. That's the guy that just most recently Kevin Holland defeated on his return uh, to welterweight. These guys have actually been supposed to, were supposed to uh, fight before Kevin Holland had an injury. He had to pull out of that fight. So I like the fact that Daniel Rodriguez was preparing for uh, Kevin Holland, you know, at some point. Uh, And certainly, uh, you know, Kevin Holland will have the athletic advantage. Uh, I think that, you know, Daniel Rodriguez is going to have to avoid 
the the shit talking that'll take place at some point in the fight because Kevin Howland is a talker, whether it's to his opponent or he's talking to Daniel Cormier about his improved wrestling. <laughs> but I think Daniel Rodriguez hits hard. I think that the, the wrestlings kind of cancel each other out. Maybe Kevin Howland a little bit better on the ground with some of his submissions. But I think this fight is going three rounds. And I'm going to actually side with Daniel Rodriguez, who I believe should be undefeated in the UFC. His one loss to Nicholas Dalby was also a short-notice fight. It was a three-round decision victory for Dalby, but every MMA pundit and media source that scores a fight, you know, they aren't the ones that officially scored a fight, yeah. but did score a fight for Daniel Rodriguez. So uh, I, I think he wins the fight. I like him taking two rounds out of three against Kevin Howland. It's a little bit risky because Kevin Howland is surging. He's a fun personality, and he needs this win to kind of build up his resume again at welterweight. But mm-hmm. I like Daniel Rodriguez as a dog, just an outright winner. So Rodriguez as a dog is plus 158. You also mentioned that you think this is going to go the distance. So over two and a half rounds is minus 115. You recommending that as well? or just? I am. I, okay. I, I am. I just don't think that, like, where Kevin Howland, uh, unless, like, Rodriguez has a bad weight cut or, or something like that, like cardio is going to come into effect or mm-hmm. like Howland's going to be able to overwhelm him with strikes. I don't think he knocks him out. Uh, and I, I'm i going to just, I guess, trust that Daniel Rodriguez's uh, takedown defense is going to hold up uh, and Kevin Howland's not going to be able to lock on uh, in one of those uh, unique submissions that he has. So, yeah, that's why I like the, uh, the over uh, two and a half as a play. All right. I like both of those, too. Again, a lot of the dogs are barking this weekend. I love it. I told it. you. I, told I love you. it. This, this again, is that great. Look that I go through. A lot of underdogs that I like on this fight, particularly on the main card. This is great. All right, our co-main event, Lee Jing Liang against Tony Ferguson. Lee's a, a minus 295 favorite. Uh, he just fought and got a performance of the night in July. Uh, now Tony Ferguson is his opponent at plus 235 on the money line. Lee's 11-5 and five in the octagon, so this could be, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to be over quick, but if you look at the odds here, just based on the odds, minus 295 suggests that Lee is a heavy favorite in this fight. Again, another oh, underdog that yeah. I'm taking a hard look at. Look, Tony Ferguson is a special fighter. He might not be that version of himself anymore, and I have no idea what he's going to look like now moving up in weight after a Hall of Fame career at lightweight. But I will say this. Look back at those last four losses that Tony Ferguson has had. Justin Gagey, that five-round war at the onset of covid was amazing, an amazing fight, and he lost that fight in the fifth round. There's nothing to, to, to balk at the fact that he lost three-round fight to Charles Oliveira, where he got dominated, or Benil Dariush. And he was winning the fight against Michael Chandler until he got front-kicked in the face. And anybody gets front-kicked in the face, I'm sorry, you're, yeah, your lights are, are going out. We That's saw it, that man. actually at UFC London, yeah. uh, you know, at, at the last card. So... The leech is is a good fighter. Like we were on him against uh, the king of kung fu as mm-hmm. an underdog the last time out, but like he does struggle with guys that push pace, that pressure, can grapple, and can take you down. And Tony Ferguson can do that. It's just that do you think that Li Jiang, the leech, is going to have power that's going to knock out Tony Ferguson? That again, he's he he's gone. And look, look again. Michael Chandler needed a front kick to the face. To knock him out. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, Jeryush went to decision, Oliveira decision, and Gagey was a fifth round stop. So I believe Tony Ferguson is not done. And I believe this is a perfect guy to introduce himself to the 170 pound of it. A good fighter, not a great fighter anywhere, and a guy that actually his kryptonite is some of the strength that Tony Ferguson possesses. 
This is great. I love all these dogs. I love all these dogs. So Tony Ferguson by knockout is 10 to 1. Tony Ferguson by submission is 8 to 1. And Tony Ferguson by decision is 6 to 1. But you're just saying, listen, at plus 235, I mean, you're more than doubling your money there. 10 bucks to win, you know, 23 bucks, $100 to win $235. I'll take that any day of the week. I don't even need to go. So do you think this goes over or under the uh, two and a half rounds? I, I think you, I think probably you play it safe and go the under okay. just because again, maybe there's that risk that Tony Ferguson, this is a last ditch effort. He's not there anymore. The leech lands something. Also, we've seen the leech get finished uh, before early in fights. But you go back to that value at Tony Ferguson at plus 230. Prior to this four-fight losing streak, the dude won 12 fights in a row. Mm-hmm. Like So I, I think the juice is worth the squeeze Love it. on Tony Ferguson looking good at 170. Uh, and making an impressive debut at that I love position. it. I love it. All right, our main event, Hazamat Shemaev. I doubt you're taking the underdog in this one, against Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz is plus six, 630. Shemaev is minus 1,000 right now. I think this is some of the highest odds we've ever seen on this show. But Shemaev is, is one of the highest rising stars in the UFC, especially in the welterweight division. He's 11-0. and He hasn't lost. Diaz, I mean, he likes to play spoilers sometime, or he gets, you know, his ass kicked by Conor McGregor at UFC 196. So, I mean, he's got 100 UFCs, 100 UFC pay-per-views in between that, basically, right now. So you've got uh, two guys that one is kind of just sticking around and he's got one fight left on his contract you said and then he might be going to to fight one of the uh one of those what are those guys what are the what are they called the paul the, the brothers, paul brothers? Well, he yeah, fight the, jake. yeah he's gonna fight jake Logan's paul in the wwf so okay like he went fight Logan. so jake paul and then but shemaev i mean this seems like it's gonna be i shemaev might not break a sweat this seems like easy work yeah, I think I think this fight's going to be very similar to uh, one of Nate Diaz's fights earlier on in his career when he fought, uh, and now the recent re- retired Rory McDonald at UFC 129 in April of 2011, where he just got ragdolled. That fight was also at welterweight. Um, no, I'm not picking Nate Diaz to win this fight. Uh, Shemaev should win this fight, but I, I, I will say this. Uh, four other times in Nate Diaz's career, including leading into this fight, he has had a two-fight losing streak. He's never lost three fights in a row. Never. Um, so take that for what it's worth, but I think Shemayev gets his hand raised, but I don't I don't see a finish. I really don't. Um, you know, Nate Diaz got stopped by George Masvidal in that BMF, you know, bogus fight against uh, uh, by Masvidal, but, like, that was because of lacerations and a doctor stoppage. Like, the dude... The dude really never gets finished, so give me the over at four and a half. I think we get a five-round, like, just, like, grappling execution by Shemaev where he doesn't get the stop. Nate Diaz is tough enough to hang on for five rounds, you know, poses with blood spurting out of his face and, you know, mouth and whatnot. But maybe he has one sort of moment similar to, like, what he did against Leon Edwards. Um, But I think this goes a full five. So fight to go to the distance. Right? To go the distance is what you're saying. Yeah. Four to one. Four to one. That's pretty good odds. I mean, that is quite the that is quite the underdog right there. You might as well be taking Diaz. Oh, just the win? No, 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 I no. Mean, I'm saying like the odds. Like, I mean, Diaz is, is plus six what is he? Plus six twenty five? 
plus yeah. 630, plus 625. Taking to go to the distance at 4-1 to one is basically the same thing. I mean, obviously, Diaz is not going to win, we don't think, but having it go the distance, has, I don't think Sh- Shemaev hasn't gone to five uh, five rounds yet, has he? Uh, he no, he went three rounds with uh, Gilbert Burns. Yeah, so, so I mean, he hasn't. Yeah, this gone. would be the first time. So I don't. I mean, I don't question the dude's cardio. He's an amazing fighter, but I mean, at that point, once you get into those fourth and fifth rounds, that's uncharted territory. But somewhere where Diaz has been before. Well, then why don't you? Well, well, that's the thing. Then if you're going to do that, then just bet it live. Like, yeah. Because then the odds are going to even greater for Nate Diaz, right? I mean, I'm not betting Nate Diaz, but I will. <laughs> I will take the over. I will take the over four and a half rounds and and go the distance at plus four to one. That's great. Yeah, I mean both the both the times that Nate Diaz got stopped recently. Again, Mazadal, uh, two fights ago, he also landed like a head kick, like a weird head kick where like it wasn't even a head kick. He was kicking and Nate Diaz was leaning down and Nate Diaz didn't even like it. It affected him and it, like it affected him the whole fight, but it, he wasn't stopped. He was stopped by Doctor Stoppage. And then prior to that, uh, Josh Thompson landed a head kick, but then had to follow it up with punches uh, in the second round of a fight. That was back in 2013. But but since then, you know, fight these fights with RDA and, and, and Conor McGregor and Leon Edwards and, you know, the Rory McDonald fight, he, he was never stopped. It just, he yeah. got dominated for, for three or five rounds because he just couldn't stop the wrestling and the grappling or the aggression from the said fighter. Dr. Stoppage sounds like a great WWE character. Doctor Stoppage. Yeah, like if like if the guy's name was Doctor Stoppage, as opposed to like you being like, well, he was stopped by the. I mean, the doctor stopped. He was stopped it. by the doctor. No, Doctor Stoppage. Yeah, Doctor I mean, Stoppage came in and was like, no more. To the, he to is the not allowed to continue. Doctor Stoppage says so. <laughs> I like that a lot better. All right, that is UFC 279. You've got Kudalaba under one and a half rounds. You've got Macy Chesson uh, plus 144. Daniel Rodriguez at plus 158, plus the over at two and a half at minus 115. Tony Ferguson at plus 235. I'm saying plus a lot. This is great. Tony Ferguson at plus 235, and then Nate Diaz and Hazamat Shemaev to go the distance at four to one. Those are great. Is there anything in the prelims that you're looking at? Uh, in the heavyweight fight uh, between um, Chris Barnett and Jake Collier, it opens up the prelims on ESPN, ESPN Plus. I like the over. I think we've got low-level heavyweights there. Okay. I don't think either guy finishes each other, so expect a, a three-round kind of, All right. you know, I guess, snooze fest. That's decent. But, That's minus 105 at two and a half. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do that. I, I, I like that. Um and look, I mean, I think a lot of people from an underdog perspective are going to be on Danielle Wolf over Norma Dumont. I mentioned Norma Dumont earlier. Danielle Wolf, though, even though she's got a very impressive amateur uh, boxing background, uh, she's relatively raw when it comes to MMA. So I think Norma Dumont dominates that fight. All right, we'll put that into a parlay because she is a big favorite at minus 410. He is Jordan Sherwood. Make sure you follow him on his new Twitter account, Wood on ESPN 1000. I'm Adam Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. We will be back next week with another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast.